Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. You're invited to this table with others on the same journey to becoming a great coach with a strong foundation, no matter what type of coaching you're called to. I've lived a lot of my life full of doubt and confusion about my purpose. I didn't know if my broken and messy story could be used by God, but I did know I wanted to find a way to serve Him and others while making money. In fact, I had no idea what life coaching even was, and I just thought it sounded kind of silly. But as I pressed into what God was calling me to, He was faithful to make the path clear to me, and now I love my life as a coach. In this podcast, you'll learn more about your calling as a coach, whether you've been doing it for a bit or just starting to think about it. You'll hear experts and coaching examples and learn new strategies and tools and so much more. I'm Laura Malone, and I'm honored to guide you in your coach calling, and together, We can pursue wholeheartedness for both you and your clients with the help of Holy Spirit. So get ready to become the hero in your own story and an amazing guide to others. Hey, and welcome back. I want to get started by reading a review that is um, really kind, and I'm excited reading all of the reviews that are coming in. They're just, it's really fun to see people's perspectives and what people are thinking and getting from the episodes that I've just done, even in the past three weeks, as I started this new podcast. Easy Ager says, Laura seems to know exactly what I need to hear so I can bring the very best of myself to my clientele. Her extensive knowledge and years of experience are quite apparent as she offers encouragement and wisdom from a biblical perspective. Well done, Laura. Keep those episodes coming. Well, thank you, Easy Ager. And I Pray that I can keep bringing you guys everything that you need. If you go to sterlingandstonementoring.com on the front page, you'll find that you can leave a question to be answered on the podcast. As long as the podcast is going, I will always keep a place for you to be able to submit questions somewhere on the website. So today I want to address something because I wonder if you might not be dealing with some fear of failure that could be holding you back from stepping into your coach calling. I want to remind you that your brain's purpose is to keep you safe so that in the face of a threat, it causes certain beliefs, perspectives, and thoughts to rise up, which then inform your actions and emotions. And oftentimes fear will lead you to inaction. And then the results that you see, while they're not necessarily harmful or scary, they're just safe and comfortable but safety and comfort don't always lead to growth. Growth requires stretching. And if your brain sees stretching as scary, then it's going to interpret it as such and lead you down the path of reaction or inaction. Now, inaction is still a choice that you're making. And if you're not seeing results that you want, then you have to reevaluate where you're not taking action and thus creating a legacy of status quo and maybe even apathy. But you, my friend, aren't status quo. You are set apart. And you're not designed for apathy. You're a story maker who was created for abundant life. So today I want to introduce you to an incredible tool that can help your brain to know what's possible, know what is actually safe, and be able to assist you rather than resist you in growth. So I encourage you to keep listening while you while you just go ahead and right now and get something to take notes on in a bit. 
and then add this to your homework from the first few episodes. My goal with this homework is that if you'll stay with me, I'm actually coaching you into your coach calling. I'm not in front of each one of you as a personal coach and client. So um, you taking notes is what I'm asking you to do or encouraging you to do because I'm not taking notes on our session and your process that you and I can keep track of. But if you put into notes on your phone or a document on your computer or a journal or a napkin, whatever you need to do, compile them, keep all the homework from these episodes for the future. It's all designed to walk you into your calling and into your story. So even if you're not a coach or trying to become one, but you're just listening in, take this tool and contextualize it every day in any way possible, and you're, you're going to see amazing results. Now let's jump in. Basically, I want you to understand that if you only pursue success and avoid failure, then you won't grow. And that might seem silly to you, but pursuing success means that you have to stay where you're at when you feel successful. Even if you like where you are in your success, or you think that where you are isn't successful and you want success, but you do everything you can to avoid failure, success only comes from having tried and failed. And if anybody's taught you differently, I implore you to research what you have been believing and the lie that you've been told. Because when you're told not to fail, you are actually set up to fail because you cannot succeed if you do not begin trying and taking steps and doing something without being perfect at it yet. You have to. Success comes from trying. And even if you succeed the very first time you try to do something, the next time you do it is not guaranteed to be as perfect as the first. You won't necessarily call every try a success. Why would you give up? Because you haven't done what you could call success every single time. Continuing to do only what you feel comfortable and successful in doing, well, that helps you have, it helps your brain to believe that you're safe. And to some degree you are, but only if remaining where you are and staying the same is your definition of safe. If you desire to see any results different than what you've been getting in your life, you're going to have to enlarge the place of your tent, like the Bible talks about. You're going to you're going to have to let the pegs be pulled and pull. They're going to pull on the corners and stretch what has already been in place that you've been living under. And like any worthwhile growing pain, you need this. It's going to be worth it. And if it's hurts, we'll read the word and let the word be the spiritual Tylenol that relieves some of your pain. Suffering actually occurs in your paradigm first. If your paradigm, which is what you believe, perceive, and think on, tells you that running two miles will be painful, then your brain will interpret this and then cause your emotions and actions to reflect the fear or discomfort of the pain and suffering of running two miles. 
But if your paradigm tells you that running two miles three times a week will help your heart health and your joints will be happy about losing the extra 15 pounds they're supporting, then your brain will interpret it as something that is worth it. And you'll find your emotions and body lining up with your brain to take action. Let's add that when you encounter fear, you get insight about the next place that God is wanting to grow your trust in him. Fear is an opportunity to grow in trust. It's an opportunity to surrender to the one who says you don't have to fear because he's right there with you. If we look at goal setting as a way to success, then I, I'm going to suggest that we look at fear setting as the way to failure on the way to success. This is going to help you get unstuck and find your way towards greater success than you already have. I'm going to give you a list of what I call fear factors. I encourage you to write them down. And then after the podcast, you can consider and answer them, or you can even stop right now and do it. Fear factor number one is I fear I will lose dot, 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 right? So that could be pride. I lose your pride. You're going to lose your comfort, lose money, whatever it is. Number two is I fear I will feel challenged, stretched, pain. Um, Number three, I fear I will experience failure, disappointment, success. Did you know that fear of success is a real thing? Because success is actually just as far away from your normal comfort zone as failure is. It is not normal and comfortable to experience success. And so it is an outside of your normal realm experience and it causes certain things to rise up you didn't even know success could do. Number four, I fear I will disappoint. That could be disappoint my family, disappoint myself, disappoint God. Number five is I fear I will not know and that could be how to do something, when to do something, who you need, you think you need to know. Number six is I fear I will not have knowledge, um, help enough of what you think you need. And number seven is I fear I will not be, that could be capable, good enough, um, provided for all of these, just consider them, write them down. I fear I will lose feel, experience, disappoint, not know, not have, not be. And actually consider which one of these or which few of these is really rising up and hindering you in your coach calling. And whether that's starting your business or even just starting to call yourself a coach or taking the next step or talking to your spouse about it, or asking your friends if they think um, it would be a good idea, like I suggest in the first few episodes. So maybe you're not even praying about it because you would just feel like you've already, you're already disqualified. Lay these out, answer these questions, ask Holy Spirit to give you the answers that he knows best is in you. Let them rise to the surface, write them out, pray over them, ask God to show you which ones of these are actually 
really hindering you right now in the thing that's in front of you in this moment, okay? Now, the next step is actually called fear setting. And this is where it gets a little bit hairy. (laughs) So I'm going to give you an example to go with each one of them. Number one, you're going to choose one of the biggest fears on your list, okay? You're going to write down all of the what ifs that go with that fear. What if this and what if that? Like really let your imagination take you and expose all the things that you're shoving down and suppressing inside of your thoughts and beliefs. Get them out. Get it out of your head. Put it down. Write it out. Choose that worst fear, biggest fear on the list and write out what it is. Write out all the what ifs you can imagine and write out a worst case scenario where it just turns out as badly as you can imagine. Okay. For example, I'm going to leave this at not absolute, like I'm not going to go as um, worst case scenario as you may in some areas, mostly because of time, but also because I really don't think that way anymore. And I'm going to limit it here. So for example, I'm afraid this will be another failure to follow through on my part. What if I can't see it through like everything else I thought that I was interested in, called to and passionate about? Um, I will have invested time and money that I don't really have. My husband will give me another told you so speech. I'll set the example to my kids. You know, you can keep trying and you'll probably never succeed. Just watch me. Um, The money I invest in myself instead of, let's say like the braces that my son needs will be completely wasted. And now somebody else, I just paid for them to go on their dream vacation. And my family wonders if I'll ever get my head on straight. Eventually my husband will have had enough of me and never support me again. I will literally die at the end of my days, knowing that every time I said I was investing myself, I was never really worth it. I was never good at a single thing. I'll always be a gel of all trades and a master of only one. And that is failing. Okay. If this is like where your mind goes, when you lay out this big fear and what you're really fearing, are you fearing actually doing the thing? Are you fearing these thoughts? And are these thoughts realistic? So number two, step number two is to express why do you believe that this is a real possibility that this fear could come to pass? Or is it a perceived possibility? So you have to believe at some level that it could happen, right? If not, why would you fear it if it could never happen? And then how could your imagination be coming up with this? Where does that come from? Okay, so let's go with that example. Well, I've done this in the past. I've literally seen the look in my husband's eye, the stink eye I get when I once again move on to something else because of the, you know, um, what they call it, shiny, um, shiny new object syndrome that I suffer from. And I hate the feeling of disappointing him yet again. <laughs> okay. We take that and go to number three. Well, if that fear were to really manifest, how could you prevent the outcome from occurring? Okay, let's look at mitigation. All right, well, what could I do? I could create an advisement board, 
of two to three trusted people, you know, friends or mom or some people that really, I let them speak into my life. I trust them what they say. I could help them know like what's in front of me and ask them to pray and speak into my life about what I, what kind of project I should invest into. And then if I commit to it, they help keep me accountable, not just to staying on track, but to finishing. Okay. I could help mitigate and prevent this worst case scenario. Number four, if the worst case scenario comes to pass, are you now homeless, alone, penniless, desperate, broken, and bankrupt? Uh, Let's just go with my example. No, I'm none of those. I would be sad or mad at myself at staying stuck in the same cycles. But even that, you know, it eventually fades and God would be there and walk me through it. Okay. Number five, write out what you would have to do in order to recover from this complete disaster. If worst case scenario happens, what would you do? What would be your plan? Say you go ahead and you approach this fear and you tackle it and you go and the worst case thing happens and you weren't able to mitigate it and you are homeless, penniless, alone, desperate, broken, and bankrupt. What would you have to do to recover from that? Who would you need to get help from? What steps would you have to take? Where would you have to go? Etc. Okay, with my example, I would need to go ask my husband for forgiveness and prayer. Okay? I would need to go see how I could find ways to make up for the money I wasted because I didn't follow through. Or I would have to maybe pick up another job and literally work outside of the home and do something in order to pay for my son's braces. All right? Just so you know, this example is not completely me. I'm mixing parts of me in there, but it's not completely me. My son didn't have braces and he is currently 28 years old. (laughs) So, but I do have somebody who needs braces. Number six, how then would you move on in life? Can you bounce back? Well, good questions for the example. I would continue to pray and pursue God's will, his favor and his direction for my life. I'd keep sealing him for healing and revelation about what these hindrances are that I keep hitting that are preventing me from following through and finishing what I've started. You know, maybe yours is more of a physical nature, what you would have to do to keep moving on and bounce back. Maybe, you know, that would be moving in with your parents because you lost everything. If that was your worst case scenario, lay that out. Number seven What would be the benefit of attempting the very thing that could lead to your fear coming to pass? Well, I could really do what I love doing and make the money doing it. I would grow closer to the Lord as I build something, you know, just really wonderful with him that's serving the world around me, making an impact, bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. You know, like I'd be doing the thing that I was created to do in my portion of fulfilling the great commission. Okay. That would be what success looks like if I actually tried it and faced my fear, right? So if I went past the fear and did not let it stop me, then this is what could potentially happen. 
This is the potential success. Number eight is the potential loss of what you would lose if you don't attempt it. If you don't face the fear and move past it, what would you lose physically, spiritually, um, emotionally, with your identity and your business, financially, etc. So, well, I would lose ever knowing if what was really in my heart and in my design to do was this thing. Like I would lose out on the impact I could make by guiding others as a coach. Um, there are lives that literally might not find the kind of transformation I could offer them. Okay. When I think about things, I think how many people will be affected by my refusal to do what God has called me to. That's like, you're not, you know, we have to sometimes zoom out a little bit and get out of our own space and see the world around us and the spheres of influence that God has placed us in. And what, what are they going to lose if we don't do what he's called us to, if we live in fear, if we stay in like survival success, as opposed to growth success, which requires some failure and some fear. Number nine, how would God lead you into trusting him more through this whole process? I say that God would probably remind me of one of my favorite scriptures in Isaiah 41.10. He gave me this scripture the first time I had a miscarriage. And it, you know, basically don't fear or be dismayed because his righteous right hand is there to hold me up and strengthen me. And that is something that I've always been able to go back to and lean on because I've seen him hold me up and strengthen me. Now, number 10 is what are you believing about God as you think about this fear coming to pass? Well, you know, I guess I think he sometimes doesn't show up when and how I want him to. Uh, I can sometimes live for my soul and not my spirit, wanting things to be my way um, and, you know, resisting his perfect timing. And my soul doesn't always trust in his timing in my life because I struggle with believing I'll be abandoned deep down in my kind of narrative belief that's informing my paradigm. Okay, let's go deep. You know, you don't have to go deep with every fear setting um, situation you walk through, but you could, maybe the Lord's going to show you. So number 11 is how is this fear preventing you from taking imperfect action? Well, I keep starting and stopping, starting and stopping. Maybe, maybe that's something you struggle with is you start things, but you don't finish. Um, maybe I let self-sabotage follow me and I'm letting my FOMO, the fear of missing out, get the best of me. Um, I personally, I hate feeling trapped and I don't really love the end of things because it means all of the anticipation is gone. And that's my favorite part. So I have quit before finishing ever even becomes a possibility in my life in certain things because I don't want to see the end. I'm glad to know that now. <laughs> Would have been helpful probably two decades ago. Uh, moving on to number 12. What areas are you setting goals in only to find yourself not reaching them because of fear? And could you benefit from fear setting in that scenario rather than goal setting. All right, so um, let's just for the example's sake, say I often have 
like that I've often set a goal for financial success because that's what all the gurus and the um, those little webinars from Facebook that pop up tell me to do. But they never addressed the fears that would keep me from actually taking the action they tell me to take to ever even possibly reach any type of financial anything. So then I keep living in a cycle of saying, I want to make money and bless my family, but proving to myself that I can't and then seeing that reconfirmed again and again. All right, here. Now, there you have it. All of the fear is exposed. The truth and also the lie of the fear is laid out just plain to see. It's it's written out and we can we could keep expounding on all of it if we wanted to, but basically we know that if it were to come to pass, we'd have a plan of what we do, right? We know what we have to do to overcome it, what we could do to mitigate it, what we could do to rise up and keep going. Our brains can see all of the possible outcomes of success and failure. And now our brain has a plan for how to address both. We can see what we would lose if we turn back and what we would gain if we tried and succeeded. And also, I want to just say you're going to gain and from the thing that you learn from, even if your fear rises. If, that, if you actually encounter your worst case scenario, you're still going to learn from that. You're still going to grow. It'll draw you into the Lord. And there will be gain because God is so faithful to work everything to good for the people who love him, right? So you can do this with every fear that comes up if you want to, you know, specifically the ones that are really holding you back from transformation in your life because it's a process. Well, let's just say it helps your brain to process the shift that's occurring in your paradigm, your beliefs like what you believe, perceive, and think on. So like the pearl practice I've talked about, it's amazing in connection with this, um, with the fear setting. Now, not all things that don't succeed are actually failures. Some are just false starts. And the reality is that those who choose courage over comfort, face fears, fail, learn, and eventually succeed, and often become change makers in the world. This is you, friend. It might not be the you that you're familiar with, but I'm here to tell you um, some things you don't know about yourself. You're not, you're missing them. You're not hearing what God is telling you. I'm here to fill in some of the missing pieces of your identity search. I'm telling you that there is hope and fruitfulness on the, I, fruitfulness. It sounded weird when it came out. <laughs> there is fruitfulness on the other side of facing your fears and choosing to move forward. Comfort and success don't always grow you. They don't always help you, and they don't necessarily keep you safe. Now, imagine that you were stranded on an island, alone. And after, you know, a, a year or two of learning how to live and survive and grieving and moving through all the the stages of loss, you have just you've lived with it, you know. You've gotten to a place where you're surviving mentally, physically, and emotionally. So you're lying on the beach bed that you made and you have like just filled your belly with coconut and fish that you catch and you're relaxing by the fire that you have mastered making. And you see a light out on the water. You don't know who it is. You don't know what it is. 
You've gotten used to living the survival life that you've made for yourself, and you know this island, and you you know how to make food, you have a best friend in the form of a bloodied volleyball. Like, why would you leave? You're comfortable. You've learned how to be successful here and make yourself comfortable in the situation that you have found yourself in, right? So you have two choices. Comfort is your first choice. Comfort in the life that you've made for yourself with the success of fire, food, and continued survival. Choice number two is courage. Um, You'd have to leave behind what you've come to know and enjoy even to some degree. You could call out and let them know you're there and make your fire bigger so they see from the boat. Um, You know, you can have comfort or you can have courage. You cannot have both at the same time, but you could take courage in order to find greater comfort. You're going to have to leave one behind in order to pursue the other one. You really, fear setting helps you determine, okay, what if the people on that boat, um, as they come closer to the island to help me, I see that it is pirates and they're going to take me prisoner. Yeah. Okay. Worst case scenario. Well, maybe you're like Joseph. (laughs) Who knows whose house you're going to end up in? I say seek God. But if you know that that is the potential outcome, then your brain will help you make the right choice for you. And also, you just remind your soul that it needs to submit to the spirit within you. Now, becoming a life coach takes courage. Becoming anything that you've never become before it's going to take courage. It's, it's likely something you've never done anything like. And becoming an entrepreneur takes a crazy amount of courage. And yet both will eventually land you back in a comfort zone after you've taken the courage, you've chosen courage, you become a life coach, you become an entrepreneur, and eventually you can find yourself like me in a comfort zone. And then faced with another comfort or courage decision about what you're going to do, to keep growing and stretching the tent pegs out. If you choose a growth mindset, that will draw you into God. You have the opportunity to do that, to choose a growth mindset, to choose faith that will attract his favor. Faith takes courage. Choose the, you can choose the life that you're called to that is fulfilling and full of reward in heaven as well as on earth. And I hope that this encourages you and gives you a way forward if you're stuck on an island. Because I believe that you can do this. And you're welcome, like I said at the beginning, to go to sterlingandstonementoring.com and file, just, you know, submit a question and let me know what you're dealing with if you're stuck here. And you're also welcome to schedule a coaching clarity session with me And I can help you actually walk through what your next steps are, what your fears are, and we can really help to transform and renew your mind together so that you can begin to walk in the calling that God has put on your life. And I would love to have the honor of helping to equip you 
and release you into that. And just to recap, I'm going to give you a quick overview. If you're writing these down, you can, um, of the fear setting without the examples. Number one, choose one of the worst fears, biggest fears on your list of all those fear factors, or maybe something else God showed you write it out with the, all of the what ifs that go with it and create the worst case scenario that you can come up with. Number two, express why you believe this is a real or perceived possibility that it could happen. Number three, how could you prevent this worst case scenario from occurring? Number four, what are the out, what's the outcome of the worst case scenario if it occurred? Are you homeless? penniless, alone, desperate, like what, what is the actual physical, um, and identity? What are the things that you're really going to suffer if the worst case scenario happens? Number five, write out what you'd have to do in order to recover from the worst case scenario, who you'd need help from, what steps to take, where you'd have to go, etc. Number six, how would you then move on and bounce back? Okay, what does life look like for you after you've recovered? Number seven, what's the benefit of attempting this very thing that could lead to the worst case scenario? Number eight, what would you lose if you don't attempt the very thing that could lead to the worst case scenario? And number nine is how would God lead you into trusting him more as you attempt this and go through this process? Number 10, what are you believing about God as you dwell on and consider this fear coming to pass? Number 11, how is this fear preventing you from just taking action as opposed to being stuck in inaction? And that action you take can be, most likely is, imperfect. Won't be perfect and successful the very first time but God is not expecting that. Number 12, what areas are you setting goals in only to find that you would benefit from fear setting before goal setting? And there you have it. The fear, the lie, the truth of the fear, plainly laid out so that your brain can go through this process of shifting your paradigm. I encourage you to remember to ask God to renew your mind and remember that you have the mind of Christ. And I bless you to have a great week. And I really encourage you to do this homework, set it aside, pray over it, and invite the Lord into this journey with you. And just to end, I bless you, your calling, and your coaching. And if you've loved any of this content, my favorite form of thanks is a written review over on Apple Podcasts. It'll only take you 30 seconds, and I would so appreciate it. 